I pray the Lord might give us what we First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5, please. I'll have to ask you to stand. We're going to start reading at verse number 6. And I appreciate the Word of God. I, I love this portion. Chapter 5 of 1 Peter is, is something I just love today. We all, I love them all, but praise God, this just stands out to me. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's hard for us now. We get some of it on him, don't we? But we want to hang on to part of it. He said in verse number 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary of the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You be seated. Father, give us wisdom tonight to... Rightly divide the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to get the things that we need to see, Lord, be strengthened, encouraged, challenged. Lord, that we'll have the grace and the strength to stand up in an ungodly, wicked world. And, Lord, declare the whole counsel of God. And, Lord, that we would have the boldness and the strength that only you can give. And I pray, God, tonight that you might touch this church, touch this people, use us for your glory Forgive us of our sins and shortcomings, our iniquities. And God, give us that strength that we need. And we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 6, he said, humble, humble yourselves. Amen. Every time I look at that word, I got it wrote out. uh, Somehow I wrote it down years ago. uh, I want to be an humble bee. Not a bumblebee, but an humble bee. Amen. I got that in the margin. I appreciate uh, that. God wants us to have humility. I get arrogant. I sometimes get too arrogant. Well, if you get arrogant at all, it's too arrogant. But uh, I don't want to be a smart aleck, do you? And sometimes I find myself being one. Now, you said, oh, not me. Well, yeah, you too. You get that way every once in a while. Amen. Right. You, you like people to pat you on the back, and sometimes you'll help them do it, won't you? All right, I do. All right. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, we're in a battle. You don't have to uh, wonder about it tonight. We, we're in a, in a spiritual warfare. We've been in that since we got saved, hadn't we? And uh, it's not getting any better. The battle won't get any better. But we got to do what we need to do. And I preached a few weeks ago, put on the whole armor of God. But God gives us something to think about. And here's something that we need to look as the pattern. Humble yourselves. We need to humble ourselves before God. And uh, commit ourselves. If you humble yourselves, that means all the pride's gone. All the, uh, you know, arrogance is gone. And uh, we need that humility. 
Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. Under, under the mighty hand of God. Now that's not the message tonight. I just want to use that to get us started. That he may what? Exalt you in due time. God said if we humble ourselves, what would he do? Amen. He would exalt us. But if we exalt ourselves, he will abase us or bring us down. And I want to be at the right position for the Lord. Don't you? I want to be a vessel for God. I really do. Amen. I stumble on that area in my life, and you do too. But I want to work on it. Praise God. Praise God. He can do something with us that nobody else can do. Amen. Uh, it'd be good to have humble kids, wouldn't it? Sometimes you want your children to kind of be humble and, and humili- uh, be humble and have humility when it comes to, to you know, doing what you'd ask them to do. God wants us to be the same way. Verse number 7 said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Did you know tonight God knows everything there is to know about you? No, and even more, he knows more than you know about yourself. Amen. And you can't, you can't uh, get, produce anything that God hadn't already known about you. And so he said, casting all your care. I got cares. Amen. I care about too many things sometimes and the wrong things at the other times. Say amen right there. All of us got cares, ain't we? And sometimes our cares get us in trouble and take our mind and heart away from God. But he said here in the Word of God, casting all your care, care. I said cares a while ago, but he said care upon him, for he careth and keeps on caring. That's that T-H. Careth for you. I'm glad he does. Now, he goes on to tell us this. First thing he says, humble yourselves. In verse number 7, he says, uh, cast in all your care. That's number 2. And then the third thing he tells us in verse 8 is be sober. Oh, look at these words just for a minute in this verse. Be sober. Uh, you know what that means? It means not to be drunk. Now, that's what is my fellow ain't. Of course, that's simple and, and is talking about alcoholic beverage, but that's not basically what he's talking about here in the scriptures. Sober means to be watchful. Amen. Not droggy. Not, uh, uh, impaired vision to some degree, but with an open mind to be Cleared in your mind to be thinking right, and it means to be alert. I mean, we need to be sober. God's people need to be sober. And so, uh, we're going to, when He's going to tell us why we need all this in just a minute, He said, be sober. Secondly, He said, be vigilant. Vigilant means paying attention, means the place that you're cautious, it means you're serious. Means you got your eyes open, your ears open, and you're listening and watching for the enemy. Need to be vigilant. Amen. We want to watch out. And that's for a purpose. He's going to tell us. We're going to look at it. And he said, because in verse number eight, your adversary, your adversary, the devil, you know what that adversary is? Your opponent, your enemy. Amen. He's going to tell us it's the devil. He's an adversary tonight. Amen. And uh, we've all got an enemy. Somebody says, I don't have no enemies. Amen. You ain't never stirred up nothing for God either. I guarantee you, if, uh, if, if you're doing anything for the Lord, the devil hates you. He does. He hates you. He despises you. And he's going to fight you. 
He said, because your adversary, the devil, we know who the devil is. We won't talk about that tonight because we can get into a big, big discussion. And uh, we weren't going to talk about that in particular, but we will. He's the subject. As a roaring lion, not as a meek lion, not as a trained lion, not as a mild lion, but a roaring lion. You know what a roaring lion is? He's one, and he's the king of the jungle, if you will. And uh, he makes a loud right And all the animals, all the uh, people, and when a, when a lion roars, it scares them. Amen. Roaring lion means he's hunting prey. He's looking for somebody. A roaring lion. And uh, he's, uh, you know, trying to, he, he's ferocious. Uh, we're living in a day when people don't take think too much about the devil. You know, the devil made me do it. You hear people say that? Stuff like that? Not so much maybe now as they have in days. Well, yeah, the devil makes you do a lot of things. but He don't make you do it. You do it on your own. But you got to remember, we we blame him sometimes uh, for some things that he don't even uh, do. You're just your old human flesh rotten to the core, does it? Amen. But the Bible said he, as our adversary, as a roaring lion, he's not just laying down, and he's roaring. Amen. Making havoc of us. Then he said this, walketh about. Have you ever watched a... If you ever watched a lion in, in a cage, they, they just kind of prance around. They just walk around. They walk, well, you can hem up a dog in a, in a, in a fence and uh, the grass won't grow up next to the fence because they run the fence. Amen. Ain't that right? Well, the lion does the same thing. He's even more ferocious. He runs out. He's, he, he's, he don't like to be bound. And so he walketh about. The devil's walking about tonight trying to, do something. The Bible says here, seeking whom he may what? Devour. That word devour is not something we need. Amen. We need to get away. The devil devours. We're going to look at some things here in just a minute. Now look at verse 9. It said in verse 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Have you ever heard people say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you? Well, that's Bible, but it's just part of it. Amen. Somebody said, bless God, the devil don't bother me. I'll just resist him and he'll flee from me. Well, you can have that little idea if you want to, but let's really look and see what God said about it. Go in the book of James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, and these men... Have straightened us out with some things. We're going to look at it in chapter 4. And let's go down to verse number 7. This goes right hand in hand with what we're reading and, and speaking on tonight. In James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves. Basically Peter said, Humble yourselves. So we're to humble ourselves. And if you humble yourself, you're going to, Submit yourself. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then, he says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I've heard that scripture quoted so many times, it's pitiful. And there's nothing wrong with quoting that verse, but quote all of it. Amen. They'll say, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. 
You better submit to God first. Amen. Uh, if you don't, you ain't going to have no backup. He's your backup. Praise God, I got, I've got a brother, or i got a Savior tonight that's sticking closer than a brother. And I submit myself to him, and he comes in and helps me. Now look at what verse 7 says. Submit yourselves. Now let's look at this scripture for a little bit. Verse 8 says, draw nigh to God. That means come near him. Get close to him. Submit and draw nigh. Get close to him. And the Bible said if you'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Most of you are sitting around waiting on God to come and help you. You need to get up to him. Amen. The Bible said you draw near him and he'll draw near to you. Draw nigh. That's what the word nigh means. Near. And he says draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Don't just watch for God to step in and step up and come to you. You draw nigh to Him. Submit yourself to Him. Draw nigh to Him. And uh, then in verse 9 He said, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Brother, that's with a burdened heart and a troubled soul. In other words, you don't just come down chewing chewing gum and laughing and making fun and uh, submit yourself to God that way. Matter of fact, in humility, amen, being a humble bee, amen, as I said a while ago, we submit ourselves to Him, we submit ourselves to Him, humble ourselves to Him, and draw nigh to Him, and we come with a, a humble heart. Verse number 10, it tells us that, humble yourselves, there it is again, in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. I'm tired of running my own life, I get tired of that all the time. And I take my hands off and I say, Lord, here I am. And I do pretty good for 10, 15 minutes and I'm back again. Now you may not have that problem. But I have a problem constantly staying close to God. Everything comes, runs through my mind. There's a lot of things to think on, ain't there? A lot of things to do. Amen. I don't care who you are, where you're at, how old you are, how young you are. It's going to be something that keeps your mind occupied. You'll never find it. Sometimes you, I used to think these old people didn't have nothing to do, and that's why they're so ornery. But then when I got older, I found out, hey, they got plenty to do. Matter of fact, I got more to do now than I've ever had to do. I think it's because I'm so slow with all the rest of it. It takes so long I get behind. But anyhow, hey, man, you think about it. But I'm telling you, I, there's not enough hours in a day. Miss Betty Jean, do you have enough hours in a day? And you don't do nothing. Amen. You see what I'm talking about? I mean, we, we, we get to that place. Time catches us and goes, but we need, and, and you know, uh, this is not scripture, but, uh, it's a pretty good saying. An idle mind is a devil's workshop. That's not Bible, but it's, a, it's a pretty good proverb of man. If you don't get, you have an idle mind, you ain't busy. You said, well, I ain't got nothing to do. Pray. So I ain't got nothing to do. Read your Bible. Amen. You ain't got nothing to do. Think on these things, as Paul said. We think on the wrong things. God help us. We need to get the place. Hey, we're in a battle. Amen. The devil makes havoc of me sometimes. He crushes me. He stomps me. He works on me. We're going back over here in just a minute. Uh, well, let's read the rest of that. Verse 11 said, Speak not evil one of another. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. 
So the Lord gives us what we need to do out of the book of James. Then Peter comes along, and here's what he says to us in verse 9, chapter 5. Whom resist? How are you to resist him? Steadfast. You know how that is? Solid. Steadfast. Unmovable. Amen. In the faith. How do you, how do you resist him? Steadfast. In the faith. Believing. Trusting God. Amen. Put the devil on the run by submitting yourselves to God and then let him run the devil off. Brother, get the word of God in you. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We need that. Now, let's just look at this a minute. Let me give you Satan's desire for you. Did you know the devil wants you? He hates you. He despises you. Especially if you know the Lord. Now, you said, preacher, the devil don't bother me. That's because he doesn't got you. He ain't going to bother you if you're his. Amen. You said, I don't have a bit of trouble with the devil. You're not stirring up anything for God either. And I'll tell you now. But here, let's just think about it. Satan's desire. What's his desire to do for us as God's people? Number one, he wants to defeat us. Have you ever lived a defeated life? Do you ever get the place you feel defeated? Feel like the devil's done put you down, stomped on you a little bit, give you a black eye? Uh, bloodied your nose a little bit, spiritually speaking, and uh, your strength is gone. You feel like a little bitty uh, defeated puppy or something. You get that way. Something happened, and brother, you get so defeated. Amen. And brother, defeat something a child of God should never have. We're on the winning side. We've got victory in our soul. Things won't go right. It don't for me anyhow. Uh, I'm looking forward for a time when everything will go all right. But I ain't there yet. I get a new body, won't have a bit of sickness in it. Get over in glory and won't have any bad uh, thoughts. Or I won't, I won't get over in glory and I won't have no, no upsets and no disruptions. And everything will be fine. But I ain't there yet. So the devil wants to defeat you. Number two, he wants to discourage you. How often do you get discouraged? Amen. I mean, you know, you bust a tire on the road. Amen. Are you, are you, uh, you know, anything? Uh, the car won't crank. Amen. Uh, the dog's sick or something. It don't take much. And you get so discouraged. Get so discouraged. And uh, the devil knows tonight if he can get us discouraged, we can't do nothing for God. Ain't that right? Discouragement. God, God, God's got a lot of people that's discouraged. Amen. I run into several today. Amen. Discouraged people. Amen. Especially about the way the things went with the president. It didn't make me feel good either. Amen. And I, I want you to know, uh, but I, we not the place to get so discouraged. God has still got us. I'm not going to give up and quit. Amen. I'm gonna, I wanna get packed up with the Word of God so much and strong in the Lord, and when they open the gate, I wanna come out running, and the devil have to take off. Amen. We're on the winning side. Praise God. I'm on His side, and He's on my side, and I praise God for it. He wants to defeat us. He wants to discourage us. 
Uh, matter of fact, he wants to destroy us. Did you know uh, that's what we've got? We're seeing that in our country. Not only see it in the country, we see it around the world. The devil wants to not only discourage and uh, defeat us, he wants to destroy us. Right now, one of the things that uh, the devil's working hard on now is to fight is fighting the church. He wants to destroy the church. And you bring in more off the border and uh, from other countries and let all these countries come in here and open the borders and you're going to have more of it. Every time we bring them in, we bring them there. They don't have the same gods we do or the same God. They have a lot of gods, but not our God. And uh, we have to fight that. And it ain't going to get no better till the Lord comes. Amen. And so I want to fight the devil in the right with, I said, with tooth and toenail. Like the old preacher, I just want to fight him as long as I can fight him. As long as i got fists to fight him with. And I'm not talking about taking up arms, but I'm saying tonight this. Uh, I want to fight him as long as I can. And uh, Amen. One preacher said, and then if I can't fight him no more with my fist, I'm going to chew on him. And I'll chew on him until my teeth fall out. And Amen. Just keep it going. Fight him. Amen. And uh, not only does he want to destroy us, but he wants to really damn us to hell, but he can't do that. We're saved. And uh, that's a real thing. You know, the devil's out to ruin every soul. He don't want nobody to go to heaven. He don't want, that's why he keeps us from witnessing. That's why he keeps us from trying to win people to the Lord. If he can keep us discouraged and defeated, if he can keep us at the place that we don't have any victory and we're down in the mouth and we're upset and disturbed all the time, we can't win souls. Amen. People are hurting out there. There's a lot of people hurting. I had a discussion, and I think, with Dean and, and some others. This week, and we talk, uh, they talk about the patriots. I thank God for patriots, don't you? Amen. But you know, I want to tell you, uh, patriots are not, the patriots, some of them are saved and some of them are not. Right. Saved patriots go to heaven. Lost patriots go to hell. Right. And uh, sometimes I think we have uh, more patriots than we have saved patriots. More lost ones than have and you know what a patriot is? He's somebody that's loyal to his country. I love America. I love America. If I didn't, I'd go somewhere else. I still love to see an American flag blowing in the breeze. I still like to salute the flag and put my hand on my chest when they give, you know, the pledge to it. I love that. I like that. Blesses my heart. But I'll tell you what, I'm more faithful and more, more loyal tonight to my Savior who reached out and saved my soul. Amen. And I recognize His Bible. That means more to me than, than the flag of America or, and, and, and you know, the patriots say, well, we gotta serve the Constitution. That's good. I love the Constitution. But I want to tell you, it's my Bible that I love. I'm a Christian. And brother, that ought to be first and foremost. So I want to look at those things. I believe that's what we ought to do. Now, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. That's what we need to do. Now, I want you to know he's, he's a slanderer. Did you know that? 
He slanders. That's what he does. He slanders us. That means he falsely accuses us. You remember he went before Job? Or went before God for Job? And he said, if you'll just take everything off of him and let me have him, I'll make him change. But he couldn't. Amen. God said, I'll let you have everything but his soul. I'll, I'll let you ruin his body, take everything he's got. Amen. And Job did not give in or quit. He stayed with it. Look at Revelation chapter. Somebody said, yeah, but that was with Job. Well, let's go over Revelation chapter 12. This is the, this book here, this chapter in the book of Revelation is a tremendous chapter. But chapter 12 and verse number 10, I want us to look here. And chapter 12 and verse number 10. The Bible said in verse 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. He's still the accuser and the slanderer. And he's out to accuse us. But the Bible teaches us tonight we to do these things I'm telling you in First Peter. Go to Zechariah. In the book of Zechariah. If you don't know where Zechariah is, go uh, to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, and then back up one. And when you get to Zechariah, go to chapter 3. The Bible said in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse number 1, look at this. And he showed me Joshua, this high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to what? Resist him. The devil's always around. You think you've got things under control and everything's going fine? That's when the devil shows up. Amen. And everything's going good, brother. That's when the devil shows up. He's a dragon. If we look in the scriptures, and I'm not going to give you all the scriptures on that, because I don't want to come here to preach on tonight. Out of First Peter, he's a dragon. Uh, we just want to use some of the things. That means he has power, and he's cruel. I have no kind words for Satan. I despise him. And I want to tell him I despise him. Amen. I don't like him. Feeling's mutual. You think he loves you? Amen. If you love him, amen, you can have him. I don't want him. Amen. Run with him if you want to. You can get in trouble. But you'd have him. And he's he's powerful. Look at go back. I, I should have got it when I was over there, but that's good. It helps you. In Revelation chapter twelve again. And verse number twelve. Twelve twelve. Revelation twelve twelve. I'll tell you why he's this way. Now, chapter 12 is talking about Israel in the tribulation hour. But chapter 12, verse 12 said, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but 
a short time. Now this isn't tribulation time, but he knows time is running out on us in the day of grace as well. You know why he don't let up? Have you ever got the place, I've been tempted and bothered and troubled and discouraged and my ego's been deflated so many times and seemed like one day you get up and everything you turn to slaps you in the face. Have you ever said, I think I ought to go back home and go to bed and get up on the other side? Some days it's smooth sailing and it looks like everything's fine. But isn't it amazing that some days you can have a day and everything has been topsy-turvy, upside down. I mean, slapped you in the face and everything. And at, at bedtime you're so tired and upset and you said, oh, I think I'll go to bed and try it all over again tomorrow. Get up next morning and everything seems to be all right for a while. Amen. But you have them days. The reason the devil don't let up. I've, I've got down at those places and I said, Lord, back off. I, I'm not I'm not wanting the devil uh, to quit bothering me. But Lord, uh, somehow uh, pull him back just a little bit. Sometimes I feel like you got 15 hound dogs on you. Uh, Lord, take off about 14 of them. Amen. That's just the way it feels sometimes. And the world does that. You ever get that? You get tired. You get uh, you get discouraged. You get upset, and everything. And I have days sometimes. Uh, uh, that's not at night time. That's it catches me before lunch. The rest of the day is terrible. <laughs> Amen. Now you may not have those problems, but it's because the devil knows time's running out on him. And if he can keep us occupied where we ought not to be occupied, thinking on what we ought not to be thinking of, doing what we ought not to be doing, and necessarily those things you're thinking on doing are not bad and terrible. They're just taking our mind away from God. And that's what we need to be careful about. He wants to delude our minds, cloud our minds. Now, he can't, I'm glad one thing, he can't possess my soul. Now, you may not believe that tonight, but the devil, in other words, if he is going to try to uh, make me lose my salvation and ruin my life and destroy me and uh, take me to hell, he's going to have to dethrone the Lord Jesus Christ off my heart, pull him out, and then move in. And when I got saved, God kicked the devil out, put him on the run, and he moved in. And brother, where Jesus is, you won't have no trouble. He'll seal you to the day of redemption. I've read through my Bible many times. And if I missed it, tell me. I started at Genesis and ended up in Revelation. And uh, finished it up. And then I preached out of it for a long, long time. And until this day, I've never found in my Bible where the devil's ever had enough strength to pull the Lord Jesus out of the heart of a man or a woman. Don't that give you some consolation? Amen. I'm sealed to the day of redemption. Amen. He done got it locked up, padlocked. Amen. You said, hey, how you seal? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I got a triple seal on me. You said, how'd you get that? Christ is in God. I'm in Christ and Christ is in God. And I got a seal on top of that. The Holy Spirit. Amen. For the devil to get into my soul, he's got to dethrone the Spirit of God, take the seal, 
cracked the seal. Has anybody ever penetrated the seal of God, the Holy Spirit? No. Then he's going to have to take Christ off the throne. And then he's going to take God out of my heart. And when he does that, he'll have to come through the blood to do that. And he'll be a saved devil. Maybe he ought to try it. Amen. You think about that tonight. I'm as sure that I'm saved forever and for time and eternity as I could be today. Amen. But he wants to delude our minds. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is what the devil's on the business out to do tonight. Now we can preach on this a long time. Now I wouldn't preach every service on the devil. Back on years ago, I wanted to try to study about devils and and uh, the powers of darkness and all that. And I made a big study on it. But I'll tell you what, after doing that about three or four weeks, I got I got in the wrong shape. Yeah. If you're going to study about Satan, do it in spells and spurts. Amen. Because he'd take over your thought pattern. I have enough trouble the devil penetrating my brain. He can't penetrate my soul but he can put things in my mind. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4. The Bible said, In whom the God of this world. Who is the God of this world? Satan. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So what's he do? He wants to delude the minds of men. And blind them. What's he want to blind them to? He wants to blind men to their need for God. He wants to blind their minds of the reality of hell. You'd be surprised at the religions that don't even teach a literal burning hell. You'd be surprised at the preachers that won't preach on a literal burning hell. And then he wants to deprive them and blind them today. Of the love of God that God had shed for them on the cross of Calvary. And if he can do that, he can doom them and damn them to hell. He not only wants to do that, but every child of God in here, he wants to defile your testimony. He wants to get you where you don't have a testimony. So that when somebody, when you say something, somebody, I know what you've done, I heard what you said. And destroy that test, defile it. Amen. Can't destroy it all completely, but he can defile your testimony. He wants also to destroy your usefulness. If he can get you to get involved in something, he can destroy your usefulness where you're not useful for the Lord. He can destroy your happiness. Amen. How you doing? All pretty good under the circumstances. Get out and them. They'll kill you. Several fellow said, the devil's been on my back all week. And the preacher looked at him and said, knock him off. Make him walk. Don't carry him. Amen. Ain't that right? And then he wants to destroy our posterity, our children, our families. He, want, not only want, he wants to divide our churches. He'll do anything he can to cause division among us. I appreciate we got a good group of people here. But you just may be covering it up. I don't know. Maybe I just don't know everything I need to know. But I hope I don't wake up. If that's the case. But I believe we get along pretty good here. But the devil don't want the church 
to be in harmony. He don't want us to be in uh, in accord. Amen. And how does he divide the church? Through carnality, being carnal, physical, fleshly living. He wants to do it through confusion. If he can confuse, the author of confusion is what? The devil. If you got, if you're confused about something, it's cause the devil's throwing it in. Listen, God don't confuse you. You may not know exactly all he wants you to know, but it don't bring confusion. This makes you question things of God. And we're not supposed to get so bogged down on it that we let it bother us at the place that we let that confusion reign because that's the devil. And you somebody said, there's a lot of things I don't know about that Bible. We'll join the crowd. How many of us are there? Count them. They're all in the same boat with you. Now, I will ask this just, just out of curiosity. Is there anybody who thinks you know everything? If you are, I want you to tell me about it after church. Because I've missed something here. At confusion. He wants to do it through spiritual ignorance. And He does that by keeping us out of the Word of God. Now there's some things you don't know. There's some things you won't never know. You won't. God didn't put us down here to learn everything. Amen. There's going to be some things. Uh, it can be amazing when God calls us. If we're in the graveyard, He pulls us out and takes us up in the rapture. Hey, let me tell you. There's going to be something. You're going to be amazed how smart you are when you get to the other side. You think you're smart now. You just wait till you get there. Amen. Right? God won't be running around. Of course, I didn't do this years ago. You wouldn't be running around looking for things in the phone, looking it up. You say, ask somebody something down there, and they'll tell you in just a minute. They check it out on the phone. And used to, we had encyclopedias and dictionaries, and now we don't use that. We got far fetched. But you won't have to do that in heaven. Oh, he. Divides the church through false brethren, false teachings, false doctrines. And he does it through his own influence, Satan's influence. He'll influence you. Some of you have been influenced by Satan today. Matter of fact, about 95, 98, maybe 100% of us have. Ah, oh, devil ain't influenced me none today. He hadn't. I'm not going to pry into your life. I'm just telling you what God teaches out of His Word tonight. Hey, He influences me. Leads me down the wrong paths and uh, think I'm going in the right direction. Backing up all the time. And I think I'm in forward and I'm really in reverse. God help me. God help you. And what did He say in the Word of God? He said, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. And that's what we need to do tonight. Heads bowed. May God help you. Just a few little thoughts. Come more of that just verse by verse, word by word. God help us tonight. The Lord is so good to us. We're in a trying hour. We're in trying days. I wish I could tell you tonight it's going to get better tomorrow and next day and the next day. And I wish I could tell you that next year is going to be better than this year and next year after that's going to be better. And it won't be unless the Lord comes. 
I figured somebody would say, well, if the Lord comes, it'll be better. So I thought I'd throw that in. That's true, isn't it? Until He comes, it's going to be rough on us. And it's going to take God's grace. It's going to take God's power. It's going to take God's presence. It's going to take a lot of praying. And I challenge you, every waking moment you possibly can think about it, that God will turn whatever they do against the Word of God, turn it on them. God will make me what He wants me to be. And I pray God will make you what He wants you to be. Not what you want to be, but what He wants you to be. I need help from God tonight. Saints, I want to tell you, I need help from God. And you do too. Let's stand. Maybe you want to come to the altar and ask God to help you with it. Amen. I, I know tonight that we need the God. We, not, we need His hand. We need His touch.